What's up? Yo, 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 yo. Yo. Happy morning to you, sir. Happy morning to you, sir. I'm sorry. I'm a little ways away from my microphone. It's it's Sunday morning. Yeah. It's, uh, are we going to say, are we doing a double? Are we going to talk about that? I guess we are. Oh, yeah. Just let it <laughs> out. I was going to say, no, we just talked for an hour and a half. Guess what, everybody? Here's the deal. Kyle and I have families and friends, and it's summertime in Wisco, which is the best fucking time to live in Wisco, in my opinion. We like to do shit, so sometimes we're going to record extra sashes, so you guys can still have your, as Kyle says, ear holes. I don't know what... You said bringing pleasure to the ear holes, (laughs) I think. At one point in time, you said we're going to bring pleasure to the ear holes, so that's what I'm going to say. Um, we just sat down with, uh, the amazing, wonderful Lacey Welsh Steffes, <laughs> the three name, um, Lacey, uh, many people in this community know her. If you listen to this, there's probably a good chance you know who she is. Um, it was a fucking good session. Yeah. It was, it was a little was, shorter, but yeah. that's how these are raw. Yeah. That's sometimes that's how they roll. But, um, so shout out to Lacey for coming in and sitting down with us. That was fantastic. And now, now we're going to talk about some other shit. Yeah. So in full transparency, I think how this is going to roll is uh, the plan is to still record weekly. Yep. And so you, you will release new content weekly still, um, that we record that same week. So it'll still be like a two day turnaround or whatever. Yeah. And then like this session, uh, it'll just be in our back pocket. So if the the instance arises where we can't record for some reason on a weekend, uh, then we'll drop this. Yeah, because we got lives. Everybody's got a yeah. life, and it's and then yeah. we're we're gonna um we want to spend time with our families and sometimes because we record on the weekends because we're busy motherfuckers during the week and we ain't got time <laughs> to do that shit. So um, we take time out of our busy days and away from our families on the weekends to record. And sometimes our families want us the fuck back. So to that's what? what we're going to do. They want us back. They want oh, us like, they want to fuck back. Yeah. I thought the, you said to fuck back. I'm like, that wait, too, that too. But we don't talk about that much on here. <laughs> Actually, I think like four of our episodes have been, yeah, they have been, <laughs> they have been talked about that. We talk about that extensively. So the key to this episode, Ike, when we do a double like this, that's going to be in our back pocket is we probably shouldn't hit too close to current affairs oh no current events okay we well, shouldn't be hard i mean no we're not that bad at that no we're we're not like that bad at that yes so i realized after listening to a few of our episodes did you re-listen like old ones no, no okay but as i was listening i say tuh 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 like instead of two really i, f- I think so say tuh well now i'm gonna have to listen to that and it kind of annoys me yeah. You know, it's funny about that shit. Like we don't, to, to listen back and to see our little idiosyncrasies. Like there's times when I slur words. It's like, are you fucking drunk? What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? And you know, and it's like, and it wasn't whiskey night slurs. No, and but we're so hypercritical of ourselves. Um, it's kind of like, you know, when you buy a new car and you never see one on the road until it's yours. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're fucking everywhere. Yep. It's like you're, you're paying attention to, to something that you don't normally pay that much attention to. Like, I didn't pay attention to this kind of car ever until I owned one. And now I know they're out there. So I'm equating that to like, we're, we're listening to ourselves and we're paying attention to what we sound like way more than we ever did before. Yeah. But once you, once you thought about it once, then it's in your mind and then it happens more often. So I was listening to, Oh, it's like interesting. I think it was a Ted talk or something. And it was actually that example of the cars was given, but the mindset or the conversation was revolving around, um, 
mindset and success versus failure. So as you, you can deep throat your banana. (laughs) (laughs) So the, the conversation was your mindset at work specifically, but it was, are you going to succeed? Are you going to fail? Are you going to be an optimist or a pessimist? And as soon as you have one of those in your mind, it's so much easier to find other things in that light. So for instance, if I have a negative attitude at work, the negativity at my work suddenly quadruples because everything I view is in a negative light. And so in the, in the example of cars, you get a new Toyota Tundra and then suddenly you see Toyota Tundras all over the world. If I'm at work and I have a negative view on something and that's in my mind, then I see all these other things that are in that same negativeness. And so things. That's some, that's some Zen shit right there because it's, it's like you go and if you, if you go another step to that and how we live our lives, it's like you get what you give, you know, the things you focus on or what comes to you, you know? So it's like what you give to the world comes back to you, the things we focus on, what we create. So then there's a, like a manifest destiny so we can manifest our future if we focus on the things we want to focus on vision boards um meditating on things we want like i went to a seminar and this guy's like take two pages and write how much money do you want in your bank account what kind of car do you want to drive what kind of house do you want to live in do you want what kind of vacation do you want to take with your family you know, where do you want to be when you're 15 you write all these things down and you focus on those things and then if you do that hard enough and long enough you will create that just by that being mm. part of your mindset so if you focus on negativity all the time, that negativity is going to, that's what you're going to see. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're going to so see. Yeah. Focus on positivity all the time. You're going to bring positivity and you positive things are going to come to you. Like, think about the look on your face. Like when you're walking down the street, if you're focusing on negativity, people can see that in you. They're going to be like, I'm not talking to that motherfucker. He looks like it, you know. <laughs> he looks angry. Yeah. And it's just like, but if someone's happy as fuck, I mean, not too happy though. Yeah, <laughs> if right. someone's a little too happy, he's like, I ain't talking to that guy. He's fucking, <laughs> there's a balance, yeah, people. There, there's, there's, a balance. there's something going on there that I don't want to bring into my life. But if if you see joy in people, it's um, it's powerful. Yeah. You know, uh, a buddy of mine, he, um, whenever I ask him how, how he's doing, he's like, never better. That's his stock answer. Never better. Every single day, how you doing? Never better. His fucking world could be falling apart around him. Never better. Because when he says that to me, it it like brings an, an air of positivity to the conversation. Mm-hmm. But if, if someone's like, how's your day going? It's like, man, my fucking day sucks. And it's just like, okay, well, I know where this conversation's going. You know, it's like, how many times do we have conversations with people that we bring in the negative pieces of our day and it, and that it steers that conversation and then possibly the rest of our evening or day or week sure, into sure. that negative light. Okay. If I, we can, I see it. I understand. I, I think there's gotta be uh, with everything, a balance. It, if every conversation you and I had was me starting off with never better and I never got to real shit, would we have a deep as a relationship? As sure. Do? So here's if, or it is that if that stock answer is never better, but it's not genuine, you're just saying it because you you consciously don't want to bring someone down like. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. What I'm saying is that when he says never better, he's putting himself in a mindset he's not going to let 
it bring himself down. Okay. Like he can be open. Like we talk about all the, all the tough shit in our life, but we laugh about it because we understand that life is tough and we're going to get through it. And right now I'm going to put the mindset out there that it's going to be okay. Never Mm -hmm. fucking better, Mm -hmm. you know, but yes, it's like, you don't want to mask over the bad shit just so you make someone else not. Well, you don't want to, you don't want to take on the appearance or, um, persona, I guess I'll call it of what people do on social media and just be fake. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't want to take on a persona of being constantly downtrodden. Yeah. True. You know? Right. Exactly. So it's, where's the balance? Yeah. And so, and hopefully you're not always downtrodden. I mean, that would be terrible. I get it. Some no, people are. It's rough. Well, <laughs> well, but here's the thing though. No. Like, I think we all have opportunities to be downtrodden. I mean, all of us have shitty things happening in our lives. Yeah. You know, we could, we could choose to focus on those things. And to that point, if we focus on the negatives, then chances are that the positives are going to like be at a, a out of arm's reach mm-hmm. because everything that's close to us, we're, we're focusing on negative shit. Yeah. So, I, I'm laughing. I'm going to call my wife out and then I don't know when this is going to happen. So. <laughs> this is, is this going to be a, <laughs> this is, this a, is a parenting moment where you, when you, after something happens, you reflect and you're like, okay, I could have handled that better. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And so I'm going to call her out. So our, my oldest is three. We've covered this and he was having a, a temper tantrum uh, because it was time for supper and he was outside swinging and he didn't want to come in to eat and it escalated. Why the fuck would he? He's swinging. I know it escalated just to levels of insanity. I mean, he is screaming and the, the fit was outrageous, right? Com- complete total meltdown. Absolutely. I mean, he fuck snapped broke mm-hmm. and it was just crazy. And so he ended up in his room because yeah, what, he lost his shit. He lost his shit. And so we're like, oh, you, and he's like just doing this bloody death scream. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can come out when you stop and dinner will be on the table for you. Yeah. And so we're eating supper and we finished supper and it's still going on. So Sam's like, I'm going to talk to him. Okay. So she goes in there. She left the door open and I'm hanging out with Wes and she's trying to explain to him consequences. But in that explanation, she, <laughs> Fuck. she's like, look, sometimes life sucks <laughs> and you got to deal with it. I'm like, really? That's the message. <laughs> I don't think that's too inaccurate <laughs> but for a three-year-old. That's the message. Come on now. Yes and no. I mean, so. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to say like, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not, not in that camp. There's, there's like, honestly, yes, it's a three-year-old, but at the same time, like you don't want your, you don't want your three-year-old to like think that everything in the world's always going to be awesome and perfect because it's an unreal expectation. No. So it, I think there's a way of like that thing. Sometimes we have to do things we don't like to do. Yeah. And it turned into that to be mm-hmm. fair, but yeah. Sometimes I'm not life disag- sucks. I'm not disagreeing yeah. with the the message. The message. I'm disagreeing with the verbiage and the harshness. The delivery. That life sucks. Like okay, there's you. Sometimes can, life sucks. Yeah. Come okay. on, kid. <laughs> <laughs> so that oh, that's all I'm saying. Is, yeah. And it was just funny, but it it wasn't funny because I was like, really? That's the message? And she's her response was, well, sometimes it does. <laughs> 
Hey, you know what, Kyle? Sometimes you can't you can't sandwich everything between something nice and something nice. I don't know. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Sorry. Oh no, it's all good. It's all good. No, it, it's there's a there is something very powerful too, though. Like having a positive mindset, and and that like um, and 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 facing things with with like it's not a false never better but but uh 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 this is my intent yeah never yeah. better so it's more about your intent and how you want to carry yourself and project yourself to the outside world is is like you want that's what you it's like when you showed up for a th- with a three piece suit to your job interview it's like this is what i want mm-hmm. i'm putting the image out there that i'm looking beyond this this the job i'm applying for and I'm looking at a job that's that I want ten years down the road in my future or five years or whatever, you know. So it's like um, you're putting the intent <clears throat> that, uh, um, yeah, you're you're putting your intent out there. This is what I want my world to be. Yeah, you know, um, which I think is it. I think is super fucking powerful, man. Isn't it crazy though that how like a positive phrase like that can people can twist so. If, the live in the dream example. Oh my God. Yeah. When's the last, like if you heard someone say, if you asked, Hey, how's it going? And they said, Oh, live in the dream. Nine out of 10 times. That's meant in a negative light. Oh yeah. It's totally negative. Yeah. I, I'd say 10 out of 10 for me. I would say there's an occasional instance where someone's like, Hey, I'm fucking living the dream, baby. Yeah. But that's rare. Yeah. It's more, it's more, um, what the fuck is a word? Facetious. Yeah. I don't know sarcastic sorry um, it's super it, yeah sorry it's sarcastic you're looking for, for sure. a, a bigger word than yeah I am. yeah i, I am I try, I, every <laughs> once in a while man i'm gonna dig in there and i'm like oh, there's a word for there's this there's a word for this if i use that word more often then it'll then it'll be more my kyle's grasp. a simpleton he uses simple Fucking words simpleton. common phrases you cretin <laughs> um yeah it is and in into uh uh if but if, but here's the thing though in that way when you say it that way, oh, living the dream, it's like it's a way to accept that life sucks sometimes. It's a way to yeah. be okay with the fact that, yeah, life just sucks sometimes. But even on a deeper level, I feel like when people say living the dream, they're kind of saying my life sucks. Mm-hmm. They're not saying like right now it's really great, but but last night sucked. They're saying my life sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, living the dream every day spinning the fucking hamster in a wheel, man, you know, it's like, there's that, it's like, what the fuck are you doing then? Yeah. Why are you doing this? Yeah. If you're, if you're living the dream, then fucking change the dream, bro. Right. You right. know, it's like, and, uh, uh, so if you're having a conversation with someone that says, yeah, we're living the dream, it opens up the door for you to shit on your own life. Mm. Oh yeah, you got a bad. This is what I'm dealing with. You know, it's like this misery loves company. Company, you can commiserate about the bad shit, but it's like the other day I ran into someone at Aldi, good friend of mine. She's like, "How are you?" I said, "I'm fucking awesome." And she goes, <laughs> that's, that's "Really wrong?" Yeah, and and I'm like, "Yeah, it's fucking. It's an amazing day." And I said, "I'm kind of tired right now, but other than that, I'm fucking awesome." She goes, "Well, at least I know how you really feel." And it's like. 
Yeah, because if you said, how's your day? And I went, oh, my fucking God, let me tell you about my day. She doesn't want to really know about no. my day, you know? That's why guys like you, for me, you don't give all that negative shit. You don't share the hard stuff with the same person day in and day out all the fucking time. It's like, there's a for me, I don't do that. I don't want to say you. Um, but it helps to get different perspectives from me, from different people that I love and I know love me, that it's like where it doesn't make that our only narrative when we get together. You know, it's like we can discuss all the good shit, but it's like or that's what a counselor's for. You go see your counselor and you share with them all the shit that you're struggling with because they're unbiased, supposedly. They're unbiased and they're there to help you get through that shit so you can carry the positivity to the people in your life that you're with all the time. Yeah. Creating the environment yeah. that you want to live in. Yeah, I say, I'll t- I say live in the dream. Do you? Sarcastically. Yeah. yeah. I used but to I, say it all the time. When I say that, like, Wisconsin's weird. Uh, maybe this isn't a Wisconsin thing, but we always greet people, even though we have no intention on having a conversation. You're like, I always acknowledge mm, people. Like, in the yeah. hallways, I'm like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Why did, I don't know why I'm asking you how it's going, because I don't fucking care. Like, here's the honest thing. Like, if I'm passing you in a hallway and say, hey, how's it going? That's not me inviting a conversation. That's me being polite. Yeah. And so people do that back. And so the response might be living the dream, but I, yep. I'm still walking. I'm not stopping for a yeah. conversation. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's, uh, I totally understand that because it is, it's an easy way to deflect a conversation yeah. too. Yeah. You know, cause it's like, oh, living the dream, baby. And they're like, yeah, here you are. And then you, and then you're, then you're done. You're, yeah, you're, you're past. You're, <laughs> past, you're past them. And it's like, you're not even looking at each other when you're finishing the sentence. Nope. That is a strange thing we do. It so is, you've been more places than I, is that, is that like a Midwest thing? Like that you feel like you I think it's to, totally a Midwest yeah. thing. It's Midwest nice for sure. Um, and I do it all the fucking time. I went to Devil's Lake yesterday and everybody I passed, I'm like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, and, right. and they're like, good, how are you? I'm like, great, thanks. You know, there's something to it though. And I think inside I know this. When I, there, there's this one couple, they're walking down the trail and they don't look happy. Mm-hmm. They don't look. excuse me they don't look angry but they don't look happy right so um but i'm like hey how's it going and they smiled and it was like oh somebody's being nice to me yeah you know and it's like it's going okay you know oh cool how are you fine thank (laughs) you're still walking and and the voice trails off and so it's a, it's an odd thing, I think, on some levels, but on another level, it's like, it's connection, even if it's just on the yeah. smallest like level. I don't mind, like, I, I fully recognize that I have zero intent on holding a conversation, but I don't mind doing it, and I still do it. Like, yeah. I'm conscious I do it, so yeah. it's not like I stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I do get angry, Midwest nice, not angry, but I usually swear under my breath, when you, like, are driving, and you do something so that someone else can not oh, be yeah. held up and they don't wave at you so there's oh, a, you don't get the wave back so like there's a over the the railroad bridge by the dog park there's a little single lane tunnel basically mm-hmm. you have to drive through and if you're not paying attention two cars can't fit so yeah. someone has to pull over to the side of the shoulder yeah. and wait and nine times out of ten i pull over to the side and i wait it's like if you don't like give me a little two finger thanks bro like 
Fuck off. Come on. <laughs> what what was the end result otherwise? We fucking hit cars? Come on. You You gotta be Midwest you, nice there. You, my friend, are are holding on to some negativity <laughs> that you're not operating out of a pure heart. What a fucking <laughs> asshole. Ugh. No, I, but it's true. I get it. I get it. You know, there's there's a, it's, a, it's like an un it's an unwritten rule. It's a ritual that like you know, it's like when you're at a busy intersection and you know someone's trying to get merge in traffic and there's a million fucking cars and so you stop. So you get 10 cars behind you. You see someone at the intersection and they're trying to get out and you know they've been there for five minutes. If I stop so they can come out, I don't, I don't get mad at them like you if they don't acknowledge me because it's like whatever. But at the same time, when they do acknowledge me, it's like, yeah, man, cool. We're good. It's like, it's like that little connection. You know, that's that little yeah. thing. This like, See, I don't think in that sense, I actually wouldn't think anything of it if they didn't acknowledge me because I feel like that's a busy thing and they're trying to pay attention to driving. Yeah, but that's like an even, I think I, that's I, an not, even greater kindness than the is. tunnel scenario because you're is. really setting your, your own self aside. You absolutely are. I'm just, yeah, I don't know. There's something different about that. Someone like, that single road where I pause and I let you through. Yeah. Or, or when someone's merging on the interstate or something and it's backed up traffic. It's like I'm purposely being passive for your benefit. Yeah, but you're not, bro. You're doing it for yourself. Well, I don't want to get next. You, I don't have faith that people are going to stop. Well, there's that. And and uh, it's also like um, it feels good. Yeah. It yeah. feels good. There, there's nothing wrong with admitting that it feels good to be nice to people. It's It's like... When we have the expectation that they have to recognize how nice we are, I think that's where it's a little There's narcissistic. I suppose. I suppose. And by mad, I don't get mad. It doesn't like it doesn't. You said me. you cuss at them. I don't. I don't go home and like, God damn, people never wave back. I usually it's just like under the breath, like, yeah, no problem. You're welcome. See you're ya. a fucking narcissistic asshole. <laughs> don't even deny it. it's over. You already admitted to it. It's done. Yeah. It's done. Well, whatever. <laughs> You're not alone. You're not alone, Kyle. There's a lot of narcissistic assholes out there that feel the exact same way you do. It's real. It's a, it's a real thing. And, and so Midwest nice, something that pisses me off is when you're at a stop sign and there's a four-way stop mm-hmm. and someone comes up and it's, it's, like, it's, it's obviously like it's their turn to go. And so they're like, you go ahead. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, 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 you go ahead. It's your turn. And they're like, no, 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 yeah, you go ahead. Waving. Yeah, and it's like, and all of a sudden, it's like all the other cars start going because they're like, these two fucking morons are going to sit there and wave yeah. each other on forever, and we're not going to wait for them, you know? And so then it's like, it pisses me off because I didn't just be like, okay, fine, I'll go. You know, I'm pissed at myself yeah. for not just like, okay, Midwest Nice is great. Give them a wave. If they don't take it, then go. You know, it's like, let's get on with it. You know, yeah, but, or when you give them the wave and they give a wave back, but there's a slightly slower, and then you both stand there like, all right, fine, I'm going to go, but then they think, think the same thing. It's like, <laughs> like well, fuck, you told me to go. So yeah, the, you're at the, it's like, ert, 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 ert. it's like, what the fuck? Somebody needs to go somewhere. And then the other people that aren't in the Midwest Nice conversation are really pissed. Oh, yeah. They're like, these two motherfuckers need to get their shit straight, you know, because they're waiting. And then they're, they're like, nobody's even, nobody's making eye contact with me. You guys are over there talking <laughs> to yourselves. And it's like, well, I want to go too, you know? So, you know, yeah. It's, you ever get stuck at a train? Yeah. Oh, man. I hate getting stuck at trains. Yeah. I, I do because it's like, 
it's part of my impatience because mm-hmm. obviously I'm driving, so I'm going somewhere. And in my life, generally, when I'm going somewhere, it's like I've got an appointment. I'm on, there's a purpose to my driving. I'm not just cruising around. And then a train comes, and it, it always feels like it's so inevitable. They're so fucking slow. So the train that drives through Baraboo that you have to stop for. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It is 100 times slower. There's also train crossing in Toma that I encounter all the time. And that train is more like train crossings you see in movies where it's like, if you pull out, this train is going to fucking kill you. Yeah. The one in Baraboo is, yeah, it's like, I could walk faster than this thing is driving. Yeah. So brutal, man. Yeah. It's like, because the, the, of course, the thing starts, the crossing, railroad crossing starts to ding. Yep. It's the alarm's going. And and you and that's a I, distance, I can't even that's a yeah. distance measure. When yeah, it dings. I can't even see the fucking train yet, no. and and then the arms go down, and I'm and I have to wait for two minutes before the train even gets to the yeah. crossing, and yeah. it's like fuck, and then it's like I'm at the this is something that I do I'm at the crossing and it's like instantly it's like I look in my mirror is there anybody behind me I can turn around I'm gonna go around this bitch okay. like I'll figure out a way. Well, go so slow you can just take the next road. I well right exactly if there's. There's no crossing sign that crosses the tracks. Yeah. I know how far the tra- way the train is, and I know how fast it's moving. So I'm going to, yeah. I'll, You're going to beat it. I'm going to beat it. How many people broke down on the tracks thinking to, you ever watch those videos? Like when a train hits like a truck or something on the tracks? I, I don't understand how you break down. Like I say this, knock on wood, and I don't ever want to encounter it, but how do you break down on the tracks? No idea. I just, it's, it's strange. Like, if I'm in a semi truck, maybe you get stuck on something or a wheel. If you got to make a tight corner to get across the tracks and you're halfway across and all of a sudden the back of your truck, because you're not a very experienced truck driver, maybe sure. it's stuck on something where you're in a position you can't really back up because you're stuck. But the some of them is like your battery dies or some shit. Like, are you. Like, if my car is showing signs that it's going to die, like I can usually coast X amount of distance. Right. But so I'm presuming that that's not going to happen. That's either if it happens right on the railroad tracks, at least I'm going to get over it and coast because right. I'm going 20 miles an hour. And if it's showing signs, I'm just not going to fucking chance it by trying to get over the railroad tracks. Do you think it's like inexperienced in drivers? Like, because I, in my thought is too, it's like, okay, so if I'm on the tracks and I'm crossing, that means that the, the, the railroad crossing warning hasn't going yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think some people do stupid shit and try to beat the train. They'll they'll like try to weave in between the barriers. Right. That's Darwin needs to come in and take care of that shit. Um, but when it's you're ahead of the train by a ways, the the arms aren't coming down, the flashes aren't going, and something happens on the tracks. Don't you have a fucking neutral? Neutral, yeah. You put the fucking thing in neutral and push it. At like, least I mean, at least get the fuck out of the car. Yeah, and then there's people watching. Yeah. And it's like, there's a train coming. It's like, I know, trying to get my car across. And like, well, what are you going to do about it? It's like, I don't know. Maybe fucking help me. Yeah. You know, put your shoulder into it. (laughs) Let's go. See, now in Baraboo, you don't have to worry about that. The train goes so damn slow, it could stop. (laughs) Oh, it could. Oh, it could totally stop before it even get close to Again, the one in Toma is more like you see in the movies, Mm -hmm. like where you see it coming. And if you try and beat it, there's a really good chance you're going to. That's the Amtrak, right? No, it's a. It's, it's got a, a bunch of... It's a freight train? Yeah. Okay. But it, it's cruising, and it's cruising, like, through downtown Toma. 
Okay. So. Didn't that go off the tracks once? I don't know. In Toma? I want to say sure. maybe it, was, it might not have been Toma. It was somewhere in Wisconsin. I remember a freight train was going through town at a decent rate of speed, and, like, it went off the tracks. Mm. And it was a fucking mess. Wow. Think about that. 40, 40 cars full of whatever. Yeah, yeah. And the one goes off the tracks, but they're all connected. So it's like oh, pulling the trailer, you know? I mean, the ones that come through Toma are like, they're super fucking long. There's at least three engines up front, and there's probably an engine somewhere in the mid, too. In the back. In the back, or even in the middle. I've seen well, what that. is it? There's an engine and then a, there's a or caboose. Whatever, whatever there whatever is. Whatever it is. Yeah, there's a, there's but there's a term three for that. of them that you. You know, they have hooked up together that you know are like the power plants of these things. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's cruising. It's like I will pull over, my son loves trains. We will pull over, he'll cover his ears, and we'll watch the Baraboo train because he can see it. Mm-hmm. There's no way he would get out of the car in front of that to watch that Toma train, at least from anywhere close. Because? It's so fast. I'm he just, telling you, man, he just cruises. he just wouldn't he wouldn't be interested. You think? No, I think he would be interested, but I think it's going to be moving so fast he's not going to see the engine. Oh, and it's, right. It's just going so fast. Like in honestly, in Baraboo, like I'll stand, I can stand fifteen feet away from the track, yeah. and not have a concern in my mind. Right. Like the Toma one is kind of concerning. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm the first car up to the little barrier in Toma, it's moving fast enough where it's like, yeah, I don't want to get too close to this barrier. Yeah. I was being a cool dad one time, and uh, so we have uh, Devil's Lake State Park here in town, and the train goes by Devil's Lake, yep. and uh, there's a parking lot um, that uh, the train goes right by the parking lot, so my kids and I were out there. We were fishing one day, and we were back by the by the pickup truck in the parking lot, and the train's coming, and it's super fucking slow, so as it's going by, it's... Uh, um, it's going slow, and I'm like, oh, that would be so easy just to fucking jump on the back of that train. You know, like you think about, like, the old hobo days where they're running down the tracks, and they grab the handle, and they jump up on the back. My kids are like, it, you wouldn't be able to do that. So, like, what the fuck else am I going to do? I'm going to jump on that motherfucking train. <laughs> so I ran up behind it, jumped on the train, and rode it for a little ways, and it was like, it was like not a great moment as a dad because I was teaching my kids how to jump onto a moving train, mm-hmm. but at the same time it was so easy. Yeah, like there was just nothing to it, you well, know. Especially in Devil's Lake, that thing goes even slower. Yeah, it's super slow through there. Yeah, I wonder how. I mean, I know how important rail was for the world when when rail travel showed up. It allowed people in very rural areas to have access to a greater economy, access to greater uh, um, technology, access to greater transportation. It, it opened up, it's kind of like the internet. Rail, the rail railroad was like the internet back when railroad first came into town. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody all of a sudden, if you wanted to leave town, you could. You could get on the fucking train and it would drop you off into town so many miles away and you wouldn't have to bring a horse and a fucking wagon and food and all that shit. You could just get on the train. If you wanted to get mail out or you wanted to send something to somebody, it wouldn't take eight weeks. You could put it on the train and it would be there in a week. Mm-hmm. You know, if and if you're a farmer and, and you and you have 
shit loads of wheat. Yeah. You could send that wheat on a train and you could make so much more money because you could sell it in the city as opposed to trading it or bartering it in the community or not growing it at all because there's no place to put it. Yeah. I think like crop transportation, like when they started like, you know, insulating cars and packing them with ice or something like that, like a refrigerated car, like that probably changed the game significantly. Huge, huge. And fuel, coal. Yeah. You know, transportation to coal. Think about that. Like, um, you could you could have a coal mine way the fuck out in the middle of nowhere and fill it fill train cars full of coal and then send it into the city for the power where the power plants are and it's and it's like okay so all of a sudden we don't have to have so many power stations or so many places like that are so close to where the coal is we can bring the coal to the power station yeah so we can big build a lot fucking bigger power plant and and then we got the fuel for it you know like right now in Baraboo, when that train comes through, they're not usually huge, hugely long. But mm-hmm. what is was even carry? I have no idea. Me either. I have no fucking clue what's on that train. It's um, it's not livestock because they're no. not they're not livestock cars. Um, so what? Yeah, what's the dominant thing that trains? I mean, it's got to be like goods. It's got to be maybe it's corn. Yeah, I don't know. I see. I have no idea. I, I just don't know. I see some that are like boxed. Like they're just framed out boxes, so mm-hmm. something's obviously like on pallets or something in there. Yeah. Um, I thought initially once it was like a shingle or something like that. shingles. I don't mm. know. Yeah, and maybe and maybe it varies. Just depends on the day and the load, but it's nothing like noticeable. Do you think a, a train is like a backup now to to semi trucks? I think it depends on what it is. I think semis would take over the majority of it, but if you need something like, I guess the real question would be. With train engine technology, depending on the distance you're going and where you're going, is it more cost effective to run ten semi trailers or one train? Right. Yeah. Bless you. Sorry. Um. Yeah, it, it's like you I, know. So it's I don't know what the cost is and what's the difference. I I would imagine if you have a lot and it's going to be multiple trailers worth, like semi wise it might be more cost effective to get it 90% there on a train mm-hmm. and then just pick it up and do the shorter distance with the trailer trucks, right. which that, that happens a lot. I think they got the, yeah, the train station. They right. pick the whole car off of the flatbed train, train car, rail car, and then they put it on a set of wheels and yeah. then put it on a truck, especially like maybe uh, your home goods stores, like your Menards or your home depots, like your big box stores like that. When you're getting sure. so much big bulky stuff, I don't know. So think about like shipping yards then. So with shipping yards, how wonder like when the ships come in when those big shipping containers because I see those on the back of trucks all the time too. Mm-hmm. How many? What's the difference between those that go onto a train or go onto yeah. a truck? You know, and I think it's like you said, it depends on what it is. Yeah, logistical but, questions that I don't have the answers to. I wonder though, if the train like the railroads, are they gonna how? long are they going to be around what's going to be the I next thing because high speed rail for transportation would be fucking amazing you know I think we that's put, the push isn't it it is but it isn't because there's too much money in cars so there's so there's the there are lobbies that are going to want governments to spend the money on vehicle technology on sure. roadways well, on bridges on all yeah. of that is and not put that money towards trains and you know people are 
devious when it comes to fucking money. So they're going to make up all kinds of scenarios to say why well, and highways you can, are more important than railroads. With I know with semis, and I forgot where I saw this, they're advanced to the, to the level where like, the semi can be electric powered if it's not going super long distances. And you can chain up like 10 of them that are all automated and only have to have one driver. So you have a lead driver driving a semi and like nine other semis will computerized follow that one. So uh, all self driving. When you say chain, you mean like like uh like Bluetooth chain. Yeah, like yeah. They, they like electronically link yeah. and they all follow this leader, but they're all autonomously driving. Mm-hmm. So they all can like if someone cuts in between them, it can all break and stuff, and they can all stop at stoplights and drive safely, but they all will just follow the path of this one. So they're I mean you're getting so it's like he's setting the GPS trail. Pretty much. The, the, the leader is. But that's, the, I mean, even that, if you're going to do 10 in a row, how often do you need 10 fucking trucks of this one thing well, going I don't to know. the same if you eliminate, place? If you eliminate trains, I don't know. Right. You'd have to if you eliminate trains. I mean, that's, I think that's why they, the, the oil pipelines are such a big hot tip topic thing because you can transport that oil in one pipeline right. with with many auxiliaries that can go to different areas, but ultimately to get to one destination and there's no trucks and there's no trains involved. And it's it's super controversial, I think, with with a pipeline, they'll use eminent domain, they'll take over people's property, they'll go through like we dealt with Standing Rock, with those Native American reservations that they don't want that shit going through there. And then uh, environmentalists are like pipelines have leaks, they have issues, they have spills, you know, all these environmental impact things. And I'm not saying I'm for the pipeline. What I'm questioning is, is it how does it compare to a, how many trains derail? How, many, how does it compare to like spills on with with semi trucks? Right. How does it compare to like additional the additional energy used? The, yeah, the additional energy used to run. 400 semis out of a location every day or something like that. Right. So like what that, those carbon emissions, we're all looking for an answer. Yeah. <sighs> I think just there, there, there's certainly an efficiency to it, right? There's no different than the way you get power to your house. Isn't a direct line from you to a power plant, right? There's a main run that branches off of it. No different than a tree because that's how things are done efficiently. Right. Uh, now there might be multiple branches, just like that. But well, yeah, you got one massive power grid going from A to B, and then you pop a line off of there yeah. to go to a different town or to and a, a it subdivision. branches from there, too. Yeah. Like, and all these things just scale down in size, like the lines. Well, there, there's certainly an efficiency there, so that you could claim, you know, with a pipeline, the efficiency aspect. I don't know anything about it as far as, like, safety and... I know there's a lot of environmental spills with pipelines. They have leaks and 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 yeah, it's they're no vulnerable than drilling, to drilling, right? Right, and they're ultra vulnerable to attack. Like if oh, to, sure. to like to people fucking with the pipeline. So sure. I want to say there's like I don't know if it's the one in Canada, but it gets fucked with all the time. People go and they steal oil or they steal gasoline and and then they'll they'll like fill trucks. They'll like find a place in the middle of nowhere where the pipeline goes through and nobody's watching it. Mm. And they'll figure out a way to start filling trucks and then selling it on the black market. It, it happens, you know. But like so many problems we face with 
the new world we live in with all the technology and all the demand for so many things, how do we, how do we come to a solution that's going to be the most advantageous, the most advantageous for the most people, you know, you're never going to please everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, and unfortunately the people that are displeased are usually the fucking loudest. Yeah. So then that's where, and I think that's where in like, immobility comes in i think that's where people get gridlocked and and like look at what happened in our country the last how many years we had a divided house and senate and nothing got done you know when it comes to laws and all that shit so so there that's where we are we're divided yeah yeah i mean we have been and yeah i don't see that changing unfortunately how much does it fuck with our our future though for our kids how much does that that divisiveness hand hamstring them for their own growth? Like it's we're we're fucking with the future of our country and and we still wanna be the United States of America. We still wanna be a superpower. We wanna be the shit. And and how do we how do we maintain a level of of the highest standards in the world when when we can't make a fucking decision. Well, we haven't had the highest standards in anything other than a military for how long? I don't disagree with that. People still want to come here. People flock here from fucking every country Not in the world. Not because of because standards, of, because there's opportunity. Well, because of our democracy. Yeah. You know, we want to have the standards of democracy, of equal opportunity for everybody that exists. And how do you maintain that standard while still like wanting to lead the world in technology and, and industry and um, why, healthcare. Why, and okay. So why does, why does opportunity if it's there, right? If, if you make the claim of the U S is the most opportunistic for anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, this could go so many rabbit holes. I'm just saying as a blanket statement, yep. if, if that's what you believe, why does that, why would that have to change to maintain advancing in technology? Because when you look at countries, like look at what China's done in the last 50 years compared to what the States have done in the last 50 years. Yeah. They, they grew at a rate far greater than we have grown in their technology sector and their industry sector because they're communists. Because they, the way they run their country is, this is the fucking way it's going to be done. You don't have a choice. You don't have freedom. You don't have autonomy. We're going to tell you exactly what to do because we want to be the best. Now, that's a fucked up way to live. I'm not saying that's how I want to live. But I'm saying, like, if you get rid of the democracy, if you get rid of the multiple voices trying to make the best decision for the masses, then, then you get rid of the bullshit and the, and the red tape and, and the indecision on what we should and shouldn't do and how we get from A to B. So we should become a communist country. So <laughs> That's saying. what I was just going to say. Okay, you just said we should become a communist country. No. No, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want that. No, 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 no. no, no. I understand, yeah. I understand. Right. So there's an efficiency there. So we were talking about pipelines and energy, and there's an efficiency to a direct path. Yes. And so in getting people products and goods, absolutely, there's an efficiency to a direct line. In a, if, if we were a direct line, a.k.a. we had a dictator and they said this is what it is and we did it, yeah, that's going to be a direct line. Shit's going to get done. But does that make it 
right? Or does no, it, does no, that no. make it like you can't justify the end means through that process? Some people can. Some people can. And some, some people, people try. Well, and, and it depends on what your goal is. What's your just, philosophy? And, yeah. And I just think on a philo- philosophical point, that's not what the U.S. is about. The U.S. is about working together and coming together. And we're supposed to be about we're that. Supposed to be about we're that. supposed to be about that. Yes. So I think that the our people as a country, we believe that. But our leadership does not. No. I, and I think, I think the majority that, of the country believes that, not yeah. including the the, the radicals super on radicals, side. Yeah. But so, when I say our leadership does not, our leadership tells us it does, but in actions it doesn't. Oh, right. You know, so it's like, it's like you know, prove it to us with your actions, and that never happens. It hasn't happened in years. No. Where it's like, are, are they actually gonna do the things? And and it's I get it. It's 350 million people. It's nuanced. You're trying to please a lot of people at once. It's an impossible fucking position to be in. Like, it's not, there's no way of being completely successful. That's an impossible task. You're never going to do it. You know, you're never going to make everybody happy. It's just, it's impossible. So, so what, what, um, what caveats do you make to please this people, this group, you know, by pleasing this group, you're going to give up something that's going to please somebody else. Mm-hmm. So it's always this impossible task to, to, to create the unity among the whole country. So, so what's the goal? 60%? You know, what do we, what do we shoot for? Like, do we make 75% of people heard and happy and then the other 25% of the radicals on the edges and they're never going to f- find peace? You know, somewhere along those lines... I think that that's always been the goal of our country, but I don't think we've ever really had it. Other than when we're at war. When we're at war, everybody's got one enemy. Yeah. Right? Like World War II. Everybody had the same fucking enemy. Nowadays, my enemies are way different than your enemies. Oh, yeah. We, you know? we, we, we talked about this one week where it was, if you're not on my side, you are the enemy. and, and Yeah, but I mean... I mean I, on a when I say enemies, it's like you know the things that that restrict my my feeling of progress. You know, it's no, like that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like if I don't vote for this, uh, I'm the enemy because I'm not allowing you to prosper or whatever. I feel it, that's just the divisiveness. <laughs> that went way longer than I thought it was. Yeah, I go. kept it going. <laughs> <laughs> but. Is it really divisiveness or is it just different lives? Because it's like... No, but I'm saying that that uh, demonizing of the people who don't agree with you is the yes. is what's causing that division. And you look at the last... God, I would, I would bet that the majority of legislation in the last... Fuck. I don't know this, but I would say 20 years, right? When's the last time you've had something that hasn't been voted completely on on a partisan basis? For sure, not in the last probably 10. I want to say something just came up that was like. Okay, but you're thinking of. It's it's rare. It's rare. It's super rare. It's one bill. It's like. Out of 50. It's like in the. When we talked the other week about the Boys and Girls Club in 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 our community. Like, it's hard not to get behind helping out kids. Yeah. You know, so it's like, who's going to not fucking vote for helping out kids? 
You know, it's like that's something that a majority of people are easily going to get behind, you know. So how they get helped is different, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think that there's such – and I apologize. We keep going back to saying that this country is divided because we've hit on this multiple pods. But there is. And even on, on a political, national political, mm-hmm. I'm talking specifically, and it's even if it is something that you're for, you, they don't vote for it. So who, wasn't there a Republican senator who introduced some police reform legislation like months and months and months ago? And it got – either filibustered or shot down by the Democrats because he was a Republican, but they're sitting here talking oh, about it. They right. weren't even willing to talk about yeah. it, even though it's what they're talking about because a Republican introduced it. Yep. It's like, if you have the same goal, what the fuck? Well, and it, and you're right. And it's like, it, it depends on who's talking about it. Like who's got the microphone in their hand. Who's the one that's saying, this is the idea. So here's something that, I'm guilty of. So, and I, this is something I just realized. Okay. I listened to a podcast recently about this guy who was a reporter for the Washington post. And, um, he would report, report, uh, on politics for China. So he worked for a Chinese, um, news publication. Okay. But he, he was an American living in DC, but he's, you know, he's bilingual and he can communicate well. So um, it was his job to ask questions of American leaders and, re- and report that news to the news agencies that hired him that are in China. And so, uh, sorry, I'm just, so he was, he's working in the U.S. Yes. But for a Chinese publication. Yes. Okay. Um, but he has a seat at the table with all the other, all the other uh, um, reporters. Sure. You know, um, he just doesn't report to anybody in the U.S. So uh, he's been in, he would, for the entire Trump presidency and, and, and before that, he was a guy that could ask questions and talk about the, the things, but it was, it was more for China. So he's closely tied to China. He knows what's going on in China. He hears all the shit that's undercurrent in China that we don't ever hear about here. So when coronavirus came out in China, and, and it was like, the big question was, how the fuck did it get here? Where did it come from? Where did it originate? Where's it like, it's always about the origination story. Mm-hmm. Ebola, where did that start? We got to get down to the last fucking person, right? So uh, according to this guy, President Trump, who so many people fucking hated, and, and I'm, I'm going to agree, I don't like the guy. I never did. He, he came out on national TV, says, it's not a big deal. It's going to be gone in a couple of weeks. It's going to be miracle poof. It's going to be gone, right? Well, he had talked to the president of China, Jing, Jing, I think his name is. Um, and that's what he told Trump. He's like, don't worry. Some people got sick. It's not a big deal. It's under control. You know, don't worry about it. So Trump came off of that information, right? Well, the guy fucking totally lied to him. Mm-hmm. So then Trump looks like a total asshat because he went in front of the world, our world, and said... It's going to be fine. You know, he didn't say, he said, some some really smart people told me this. He didn't say the president of China. Right. Because I think if if anybody else would have heard the president of China, they'd been like, oh, are you sure you really want to take that information to heart? Because this is the fucking president of a communist country who's going to look out for themselves. So then he had to backtrack. And, and he had to say, okay, so I was wrong. And he's like, but I kind of think it came from this lab in Wuhan, in China. 
they're like, oh, well, Trump said it, so it's racist, right? Because you can't be blaming a Chinese lab. And China's like, you're racist. You know, you can't be saying those things about us. You don't know where it came, it came from a pangolin. And this guy was like, wait a minute. There's no fucking pangolins within a thousand miles of this lab of, of where the origination was in Wuhan. There's no pangolins, right? Except for at this, this wet market. But the problem was is that they tested every fucking pangolin they could find and no other pangolins ever had this coronavirus. Carried it, nothing. They couldn't find it anywhere. But in this lab in Wuhan, there's a couple of them, they test this specific virus every day and they're testing it to figure out how it affects humans so they can preempt the next pandemic so they can create vaccines. Like The idea around it is to find as many really nasty viruses that exist in the world, bring them into this lab, and fuck with them to see what they could do to humans sure. if they got out so then we could create vaccines and things to protect ourselves for when it does happen, right? But this lab had so many safety violations over the two years prior of, like, messes and spills and, and then people getting sick and then this, like, like bad shit, right? They weren't operating very well at all. It's a... It's a partially U.S.-funded lab in China. And part of the leaders of this technology and this research was Anthony Fauci. Mm. So it's in his best interest and America's best interest to not say it's this lab that we're funding where this virus could have come out of, but it just so happens that this virus is, is, comes out of the, like basically the back door of this fucking lab you know, that's had all these issues over the past years. There were people that were sick with coronavirus-like symptoms in the lab in, in um, 2019, in the fall of 2019, before it ever got here, right? They were sick. But, but because Trump was the one that said it's Wuhan, yeah. the world's like, fuck, no way, because I'm never going to take anything this asshat says to be real. Because if you align with him, well, then you're not going to be part of the team anymore. Right? And and so it just, like, goes to show, like, if somebody's got a little sneezy sneeze coming, um, it's like, if, you, if you're that polarizing of a person and enough people hate you, it doesn't matter if you're right or not. The, the people aren't going to want to listen to you because you don't, align with their values yeah you know and that's just, that's like with the pandemic it's that's the scary part right because let's and i'm the the guy didn't say he said many many times i'm not saying it's coming from a lab i'm saying that it's probable it could have he's like people know where it came from maybe they're not talking but when you have a communist country like china if somebody did said say something they get disappeared. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure people did disappear in China for that, reporting on this. Lots of them. Yeah. Lots of people disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, going back to the Trump thing, like, yeah, he's a super polarizing person. And I just feel no one helped the case. Well, he didn't help his own case. Okay. Let's just be. No, he didn't. Right. Like, I th I'm pretty sure the guy just half repeated things he heard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, and that's where half this information came is he just heard something and tried to add it into a conversation that he didn't plan and then it fucks him yeah and he's throwing shit at the wall to see if it sticks and yeah. if it does yeah, he's yeah. a hero and if it doesn't eh, i didn't say that but since he was so polarizing and he was so hated and people just automatically disagreed with things he said even if they weren't 
Like, even if they were correct. Even if they were correct. And again, it just didn't add to any unity. And and so to expect anything different now with a new administration is kind of bullshit. Right. Well, because the other side, now that it's a different political party in the, in the leadership role, the other side is, is like, they're going to make, they, well, look what they did to our guy. Every fucking time he opened his mouth, they're like, false, fake news, da, 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 da. So why aren't we going to do that to them? It's an eye for an eye. And unfortunately, it's the group that truly believes an eye for an eye. You know, uh, I don't know if that's the case. I, I don't, I don't know if that's the case. What do you I, mean? Like, are you implying that Republicans are going to bash him every time Biden says something? Because it's eye for an eye. I think that I think that there's going to be a a certain amount of, and not just Republicans, but people who who saw what they did when if Trump's your guy, yeah, and you saw what the left wing did to Trump. And they were fucking ruthless. They were ruthless. They never let up. They never stopped investigating him. They never gave him a chance to even say, even when he was right, they, they shot it down. There's a memory there. And I think there's oh, a, yeah. a lot of, I think there's a lot of people. And it's, this is both sides. I'm not saying it's just re- Republicans because the Democrats are going to do it every time a Republican yep. says something too. Yep. There's that extremes. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they've got a memory and they're going to be like, I don't give a fuck. I think there's a constant battle and I'm not, I'm not into the whole fake news thing, but I do feel as though news outlets are not, um, I I feel like they're political. They have leanings. Oh yeah. Every one of them, even if they say they don't. And so I think coverage of presidents changed dramatically. And so I feel like if you're a Republican and you spent all your last four years defending someone who just said, everything because a left side would try and twist those words to a certain way. And you're trying to, you're trying to put context into something, even if it sounded bad that now you're trying to twist it back, I guess eye for an eye maybe, or put context in your mind context to something that a Democrat says now, because all you're getting on the media side for Democrats is reaffirming or building up things and playing it off as great. So for instance, like, didn't Biden restart border wall construction or add border walls to somewhere? No, no, he actually just he just stopped it. Actually, so he stopped it and then he started. I'm I didn't read that confident. part. I didn't read and that. And he maybe part. stopped again, but or um, he just banned travel from India, right? Yep. When Trump banned travel, all you heard was he's oh yeah he's racist and he's racist yeah. and blah, blah blah. And now that Biden did it, well, he's just protecting the country and it's great and it's great. Right. So I. It's a different narrative for the it's same a, problem. Exactly. And so I think that difference in narrative adds to both sides either defending and adding to a certain narrative or trying to contradict with a worse narrative. You know what I mean? And so you just continue this thing. Because because the because the voices that are that have the microphones, they're the ones that are continuing to carry the narrative. Yeah. You know? They're the, they're the ones that yay or nay, how do I vote? You know, the Senate, the house, um, Congress, the president, the vice president, and like all the talking heads with the media, the people that have the power are the ones they, I think a lot of them profit off the narrative. Oh yeah, for sure. They do it. uh, Yeah, for sure. It's about ratings on both sides. It's ratings and then money and then power, you know? So when I remember when, when Trump first got into office and he said some wild fucking crazy oh, yeah. shit, like he was just like, 
you know, the whole like grab him by the pussy stuff and all of that, you know, all this stuff that came up from his past. It's like CNN, that the, the head of CNN, he said something along the lines of, he's like, yeah, he goes, he goes, I don't like the guy, but God, he makes me a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's a news headline every day. And if, and if people are tuning in, then they're making money. So again, we exchange our morals for money. Yeah. You know, so how much of that power and like we talked, we talked about it, I don't know, it was last week or two weeks ago. It's like the senators and Republicans, how much do they really work? Yeah. You know, how, how badly do they really want to give up their paycheck? You know, when the pandemic happened, those motherfuckers never lost any money. They didn't not get a paycheck, Mm -hmm. but they made rules and regulations for millions of other people to not get a paycheck based on them keeping their paycheck. Yeah. I think, yeah. just to wrap up this political thing, I, I think there's a hypocrisy across the boards on national politics and probably even state that they don't have to follow the same rules or go by the same sets that everyone else that they put in place for everyone else. Right. Yeah. It's when the managers don't know what it's like working on the floor. Yeah. I'm going to keep my paycheck, but yeah, I'm going to shut your business down. Right. Yeah. Uh, how many cases were there of both sides of, uh, your state's shut down, but I got to go get my hair done or I'm going to go eat Fuck here. Yeah. I mean, even governors and mayors, even, and- I think it's even like insurance or retirement or something like that. Like I'm going to reap the benefits of this, but here's what our state benefit package is or something like, right. like follow the same fucking rules. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Live by the rules you put in place and then see how things change. Yeah. Well, that's, Term limits. Yeah. It always, that, sure. that always goes back to me for term limits and, and like, and frankly term limits. And I don't think you should get then X amount of dollars for the rest no, of your life. No, that, that, that forever salary, the yeah. forever insurance package, the forever that shouldn't exist because it, 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 it incentivizes they don't, well, it incentivizes them, but it also removes them from reality. Yeah. It removes them from what the people that are voting for them have to deal with every day. And if you can't experience that firsthand, then eventually it's going to change you. Mm-hmm. Eventually, anybody who gets a five hundred thousand dollar a year paycheck plus their speaking gigs and everything else for working, I don't know, twenty five weeks a year, maybe it's going to change you. Yeah, you know, it's going to change you because because it changes your family. You know, it's like let's just say that all of a sudden Kyle becomes a senator. He's making five hundred thousand dollars a year, and his his wife is like, oh, I want to stay home, take care of the kids. Great, that's you can do that totally. Yeah, and then we're going to get a new new house, and we're going to get a new car. And then, and then we're going to get take, a second house, and then I'm probably going to get a third house. Well, but yeah, and you're going to take nice vacations, and then maybe you're going to hire a housekeeper, and then all of a sudden, if you and you know that's going to be your life guaranteed for the rest of your life, you do that for ten years, and then mm-hmm. it's like, wait a minute, you're still telling me that I'm not going to have this anymore? Well my wife is crying now because she's not going to be able to get her hair done every week. And my kids are upset because my kids already turned 16 and I promised him a brand new Chevy truck when he turned 16. It, it's yeah. It, it's you're, supposed you're to influenced be, by the people you love. Once you start making that kind of money and you create a lifestyle that they're dependent yeah. on, it's supposed to be a, a job of service. You're supposed yep. to be a servant, public servant, public servant to your represented areas. Yep. And instead it is a, it's it's a goal because you get there's just 
you're the per you I don't even know how to say it, but you're not in service anymore. You're treating it like we owe you for doing this for us. Well, yeah, yeah. We're we're benefiting from your sacrifice to to be the person that's willing to stand up and fight for us. But they and when they start though, I think we've talked about this is they start I think with all the good intentions. Yep. Maybe it's in high school, you know, they're running for class president. You know, it's like I want to make our school better, you know, but it's like you you get class president and then you become a head of some clubs at college and then you run for your local, you know, city council and then da 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 because you want to make things better. But eventually somewhere along the lines the benefits from having the power corrupt. Oh, absolutely. Corrupt the the um the original ideals of of what started a person in that direction and you know i i'm kind of talking out my ass because i haven't sat down with a politician to know i'm just saying what i think is is like the most likely scenario because i you know yeah but i think we even though we don't know we know they get benefits that are outrageous that mm-hmm. don't align with what an average American would. We know they get paid outrageous what don't align with an average American would. We know that um, they have there's just privileges to being a senator that not an, everyone else does. And to make rules limiting everyone else in certain capacities while reaping benefits that don't have to follow those same rules is hypocritical. Yeah. No different than who's Bernie Sanders. Okay. You got to practice what you're going to preach, brother. If you're going to sit here and run on a $15 minimum wage, and then it turns out you're not paying your staff $15 minimum wage. I didn't know about that. No. Like, that's kind of a hypocritical I, fucking yeah, thing. Yeah, I fucking, I, want, I, I love Bernie, man. The guy's got some energy. But yeah, if you're not paying him what you're preaching. Yeah, that's fucked that, up. It's hypocritical. Yeah. I and then on a, I mean, and then to make this worse, okay, from a, from an economical standpoint, so he paid them, but then he had to cut their hours because he couldn't afford to keep them at full-time hours at $15 minimum wage. I'm thinking to myself, uh, yeah, welcome to Economics 101. Right. But anyway, Well, so, and that's a place where Bernie had an opportunity because Bernie's got money. Oh, yeah. You know, he had an opportunity to not just dip into his donation coffers, but to maybe take something out of his own pocket and pay some people extra to be there. Um, and I just, I hate the hypocriticalness of yeah, everything. Yeah, I, I do as well. I, the thing with, and now this is all I'm going to say, with, when it came to, to Bernie Sanders, he's wild, he's out there. He's oh, got yeah, some, yeah. some ideas that are like, that, that are so against the grain of what our society is doing right now that it's almost hard to imagine. But for what they are, he really wants to help people. Like his ideas are about lifting people up. It's it's um like getting people's more money in their pockets, giving people opportunities to be educated without going into mountains of debt, getting people an opportunity to like do you know how much it like there was a study, it's like how much it costs to break your fucking arm in the United States? No. It's it's like 10 times more than any other fucking developed country. And it's just like, why does it cost so much money to break your arm? You know, it's like people break their arms all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. You know, it shouldn't, it shouldn't put you in mountains of debt when your kid falls off the swing set and breaks their fucking arm. You know, 
He wants to eliminate that from people's right, lives. Right. So there's a lot of good things in his base policies that I really think like he just wants to help people. Yeah. I'll, you know, I think out of everyone, what I appreciate about him was at least he was honest and transparent. Yeah. Guess what? Your taxes are going to go up, but here's what we get for it. Yep. At least you didn't fucking lie to me. I mean, and I feel like there was that he was probably the most genuine out of every candidate yeah. on that stage because he, I, and to your point, I think you think he actually wants to help people. I think so too, because he was open and honest and transparent about it. Right. It wasn't this hidden deal and this, this going to avoid questions and beat around the bush type shit. It was just, it, it is what it is. You want this. This is how it's going to happen. And I want this. And so this is how I would make it happen. Right. And, and when you're not going to toe the party line, then the party's going to reject you. Yeah. And that's what happened to him. He was, he was willing to do things that maybe not everybody in the party want was willing to do to get shit done. And so then he got rejected and fucking for all the people that love Hillary Clinton, I think she's, She's like fucking horrible. I just, I really think she's super devious, super underhanded. She, she basically like fucked Bernie Sanders out of his Democratic nomination. And see, I don't, I think, I think Bernie Sanders was on a, an, a such an extreme level that if he would have been the nominee, Trump would have won again. Mm. It was such a close thing that I think you had a lot of people in the middle who saw Joe Biden, and even though he hasn't necessarily acted like it in his first three and a half months, but they saw him as a moderate, mm-hmm. and he he ran literally as a pitch back to normal. Yep. And I think that's what drew the people who didn't like Trump, but maybe were in the middle, towards him. Right, but everybody wanted something different when what during that election. The 16 election, everybody wasn't, no, it, was, it wasn't 16. No, it was, it was this recent one, yeah. No, but Bernie's. The first time he ran when it was first. Oh, oh yeah. The yeah. first I'm election, talking this most recent one. I'm talking about 12. So everybody wanted a change. Like we had Obama, but it was like he he did some stuff that maybe wasn't what he said he was going to do, but like the economy was doing good. But everybody was like uh, the whole Snowden thing came out and then we didn't trust the government as much. Like we knew there was all kinds of fuckery going on mm-hmm. behind the scenes, and so we everybody wanted something completely different. I think a lot of people wanted to see something completely different, different Democrats and Republicans alike. And in that election, twelve or sixteen, twelve. Didn't wasn't Obama elected in twelve again? Yeah, Trump was a single term president. Trump was elected in sixteen. Sixteen, sixteen. Okay, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Sixteen. I apologize. So everybody wanted something different, I think, on both sides. Mm-hmm. And, and then Hillary hooked up with the head of the DNC to torpedo Bernie's campaign. That they did so much underhanded shit because they were talking back and forth. Hillary and the head of the DNC, I can't oh, remember sure. what her name was, were saying, we can't let Bernie win. You know, And there was a documentary on it. And it's like when it came time to like, there were states that have to declare who their who their popular vote goes to to say who their Democratic nominee is going to be? There were states that Bernie won, but they said Hillary anyway because mm-hmm. the because the DNC said we can't let Bernie get in there, you know, because Hillary's our only chance. Yeah, and Hillary fucking lost, and she lost because 
she twisted the truth and twisted. She's just not a likable person. For as dislikable as Trump is, Hillary is as well. I, know. I think if it was Trump versus Bernie, I I could see Bernie winning that one. I that's and that's like what it, in sixteen, not yeah, in twenty. In no, 16. sixteen. That's yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about. I think I think Bernie would have won it in sixteen over Trump. Yeah, but but I think Trump won because I think enough people were fed up with this. The political atmosphere that well, yeah, because they were Hillary was part say, of the system. Yeah, they were fed up with the system, so they wanted an outsider, and yep. it was basically a giant middle finger to the political system. Right, and you, you bring in someone who's literally a fucking TV show host. Yeah, well, no political. I mean, it was just a giant fuck you to everything. And then, and that's what that's we, got. we got. That's what we fucking got. And hey, yeah, I'm gonna stop the political conversation because I gotta take a leak. Okay, take Do a you leak. Fit, what's your final so, thought? My final one of my final thoughts was this: is like. I think the other aspect of why Hillary got the push is because as a country, especially the left, wanted a woman president so fucking bad. Yeah. We wanted to see a woman in power. We wanted to see what that would be like to have a woman in power. Would it be the same as a man? Because everybody's like, wow, we've never had a woman in power. It could be so much better, like more compassion, more caring, more whatever that a woman can bring to the table that men don't bring to the table. So I think that was the other part of the push was like, People wanted that. Yeah. They want, and that was a change. That's to that to that point. It was another big change, an opportunity for something new at the table, you know. But unfortunately, I don't. So, okay, I don't see Hillary. That Here's way. my. I don't either, and she obviously didn't win. But recognizing I'm a man, yeah, and frankly, recognizing that I'm a white man. If I was Hillary, or any woman or frankly, right now, our vice president, like when Joe Biden picked a vice president, he was explicit that A, it was going to be a woman, and B, she was going to be a minority. Yep. Is that not demeaning to that person to say, you were selected based on these two traits, that you're a minority and you're a woman? That's a that's a rock and a hard place question. To be in that position, it is. And at the same time, it's it's we have not given opportunities to women and minorities I'm, in those positions for so many years. So... For him to announce it like that, I right. think is a little fucked. But at the same time, he used it as a tool to oh, gain totally votes. Did. Totally yeah. did. Totally did. Let's take not, this uh, list. Yeah, I, I gotta go too. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying to announce that that was part that was the reasoning behind your selection, or like saying you narrowed your selection down based on that. That's fucked. It's so. totally fucked. All right, we're gonna take a break. Right. We'll be right yeah. back. And we're back. And we're back. Hello. Where were we? Oh, we were not here, but we're back now. We are. We're Hello, everybody. Shifting from political talk. Fucking politics. I wonder. I don't know. So sports get political. All this stuff that's usually not political gets political, and it just turns people off. Mm-hmm. Like, what happens when you have a podcast that's not genre in anything specific? We just dabble in it. I think we're finding out. All right. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're going to find out. We're, we're going to find just out. Cut in half. It's I, so... I think that that we're I think we're talking about all the things that people think about yeah. and talk about, but they don't want to do it all the fucking time. You know, who wants right. to talk politics all the fucking time? There are political podcasts I think that people go to listen to because they want to know what's going on, but they don't want to do it all the time. Yeah. So we just do it in the podcasts. We talk about all the different shit that people want to think about. I don't know, maybe it's annoying to people, but I don't know. I fucking care. It doesn't fucking matter. No. I uh so you're you're parents listen 
Yeah, kind of. My mom hasn't been listening lately. Come on, mom. She's, I hope she at least saw me or heard me say hi that one. Podcast. I think she did. I think I told her about it, and she's like, "Okay, I have to listen to that one." Um, but she hasn't been. She hasn't been listening actually really much at all. That's fine. And she's like, "It's just so long." Yep. And I go, "I so, know." I I'm not. I don't need my dad to listen to this, but he keeps bringing it up. Oh, really? He's like, "Well, not that he listens." But he goes, I would take a listen, but way too long. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I don't know. Cut that down to like a half hour, make a point, and get out of there. I'm like, okay, that's not how we're rocking. I'm like, you don't yeah. have to listen. No. Mm-mm. And then uh, we were sitting over there, and uh, Dylan, my brother-in-law, was like, I love it. <laughs> and my dad's like, well, I'm like, have you? And he asked my dad, he goes, have you listened? He goes, I listened to like part of one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, eh. And so I, we were driving home, and I was, my Sam said, oh, what do you think? But your dad listening, I'm like, I kind of don't want him to. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. I don't know. Huh. That's that's interesting. I don't have, like, you and I, as friends, have a lot more vulnerable and open conversations sure. than I have with my dad. Yeah. And? I don't, I, don't, I feel kind of scary. Weird. It's, it's scary. scary. It's a little scary. Yeah. Showing your dad your vulnerability. Not even like just in general. I don't, I don't know. It just weirds me out if you'd start to listen. Interesting. So if you're actually listening, dad, hey, hey, stop. hey, <laughs> hey, Kyle's dad. I but think, anyways, yeah. I think it's cool that you're listening here for listening because your son's a fucking awesome dude. Oh, thanks, man. It's so I've, I've been told that a few times by a few people. It's like, man, it's it's a fun podcast, so fucking long. It's like I can't listen to that shit, so then I got to break it up, and then I lose where you're at in the conversation, and and it's like I get it. So I honestly believe that if our podcast was an hour to an hour and a half every single time, we'd probably have more people listening. Oh sure, I bet you we would. But at the end of the day, this we don't. Us, this so. this is this is this is what we do. Here's what you can do: listen for an hour and a half, and we take a piss break. Stop, because that's about the mark, right? <laughs> and honestly. One, it takes a while to get into like the, the, the real shit, Yeah, you know, to, to, to settle into the conversation, to open up, to get into the real shit. It takes a little while. It takes some time. You got to develop it. And I think it's going to be more so when we have guests, that's going to take longer to get into the real shit to develop. And it is with us because we're kind of there when we show up, but at the end of the day, I, when I, like, when we drop a podcast, yes, I'm that guy. I listen to my own podcast because I want to hear about it, hear the, the voices and stuff and how I sound and what we talked about and whatever. I just, I just do it. Um, call it, I just call it quality control, but, um, I just, I'll turn it off when I turn it off and it's easy for me to pick back up. Yeah. But it's the way my mind works though, too. A lot of people only want to take information in small bites. Sure. You know, so if like you're a small no, bite. We just, I don't know. We're not going to limit ourselves to a time and we're not going to, I don't want to set the expectation at the same token that every podcast is going to be three to three and a half hours. Right. Yeah. We That could change. That could change. It's just going to be what it is on the week. If it, yeah. this week is an hour and a half, then hey, this week's an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm fairly confident we're not going to go below an hour. That's just a hunch. That but. would be a bit of a stretch. I think if we went below an hour, but I mean, that would entail us talking for an hour before we start recording yeah probably well that's the whole thing we just like 
I appreciate this ability to sit down and have a conversation with you. And um, I, I was given a compliment the other day, and I was told that I'm a great conversationalist. Oh, you are. And, I, and I've never thought about myself as a great conversationalist other than that I like to talk to people. And I like I like depth in-depth conversations that are meaningful. And, uh, and so I get that yeah. here, whether we're being, whether we're recording or not. So half the time, if you, all you people getting this in your ear holes, <laughs> we talk about so much shit that's not even, doesn't even make it in a cut that that's like, it's beyond even yeah. what you hear. I'm not, so I'm not a conversationalist. I don't see myself as one. I'm a listener. And so like the challenge for me as I don't even know what episode this is, but is talking. Mm-hmm. and trying to impart thoughtfulness. Maybe that's why there's so many podcasts now because everybody's challenge is talking. Yeah, that's you true. You know, like there's not everybody, but there's a large percentage of people that just don't want to talk. Yeah. Like they don't, either they don't want to sound, hear the sound of their own voice or they don't feel like their voice is worthy or or whatever reason or it's uncomfortable to talk. You know, it's like it's uncomfortable to talk to one person about deep things. So it's hard to do. So they don't want to. And just as soon listen, you know, because it's scary yeah. to be vulnerable. Well, that's my wife's pet peeve with me is she'll be telling me something and I'll just be straight faced and looking at her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, are you listening? I'm like, yeah. She goes, you're not saying anything. I'm like, I know because I'm listening. So it's you're really being, easy for me. Like when you start going off, I'll just be like, sit here in silence and listen. <laughs> you're, 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 you're an active, you're an active listener. Kyle. If that's what it's called. It's called active listening. Yeah, I it is. To, yeah. It's um, active listening is when you're speaking or you're listening and you're not just waiting for, um, for your opportunity to say what you want to say. Mm. So if I have a thought and you're speaking right now and I hold on to that thought until you're done speaking and then I throw it out there, it's obvious that it doesn't jive fluidly with what you just finished saying yeah and so then that's not active listening that's just waiting for your chance to be heard i do i i've there's been times in this podcast where i've been in that situation where uh like you say something oh that's great and i'm gonna say it off it and then i honestly even though i'm listening like didn't take in the next 20 seconds of what you finished saying and i say something it's like i'm i'm beyond that brother yeah (laughs) And I, I recognize happen- that, and yeah. I know it when it's it happens to too. I'm like, yeah. "Fuck, I sh- that was bad." Yeah, well, yeah, because it's like that's part of a great conversation is listening. Yeah, it's and also I think for for somebody listening to a great conversation, it's it's there's a fluidity that comes with you're not analyzing the words before they come out of your mouth. You know, it's real. Sure. You know, it's there's an authenticity to it to where it's just like. You can tell when someone's thought about whether they should say something for five minutes before they say it because it's very parsed out and the words are perfectly laid out and mm. you don't say stupid shit. Like, like I don't know how many times I said something fucking stupid on here, but it's because it was just how I was feeling and what I was thinking at that moment. Same for you, where it's like if it was very concise and very perfectly delivered, it's like, uh, I don't know if I can believe that. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think that's like – we talk about a genuine conversation. That's one of the things I, I'm like, we have an open, honest, and genuine conversation. What I mean by genuine is I haven't sent my thoughts through the fucking editor, got them approved by 14 different people, and then just said something boilerplate. I'm, I'm just 
And right. honestly, that's probably why half the time when we continue the conversation, like my mind changes on something or I circle back to it. I'm like, yeah, you're, I was probably fucking wrong on this. Or yeah, mm-hmm. I totally exaggerated that number because <laughs> I'm thinking about it now. Yeah. Because it's, it's just happening real time. Yeah. That's a, that's the beauty of it, man. Yeah. It really is. It really is. Um, so we are, especially in Sock County, we're on the tail end. I feel like of like, it's hard to say it this way. We're on the tail end of what I say is a pandemic, Mm -hmm. you know, where shit's winding down a little bit. The restrictions are winding down a little bit. People are getting a little more open. You know, it's like quick trip, walked into the gas station the other day and nobody's wearing masks. And and it was like, oh, do I really need to be wearing this mask? You know, Mm, I don't know if I do. I'm finally at that point where it's like, Maybe I don't need to wear a mask everywhere fucking where I go. Yeah. You know, if if I'm in a place where 90% of the people are not wearing masks, what's the point of my wearing a mask? I don't care about being different if I actually thought there was a purpose. Right. But at that point, I don't feel like there's value in me wearing a mask among 25 people that are not. I just don't, I don't, there's no efficacy there in my mind. Unless I'm sick. If I'm sick... And, and I don't feel good, which I should just stay the fuck home anyway if I was. It's like, then it's like, okay, I have to go to the to the gas station to get gas. I don't feel well, but I don't want to get a bunch of people sick, so I'm going to wear this mask. Fine. I think there's going to be a lot more people doing that moving forward during, during flu season and shit. Sure. Um, just as an awareness kind of thing, because because we're good Midwest workers and we still go get shit done. But maybe we'll wear, maybe people will wear a mask when they get sick now. Um but isn't it like, what's the point of being in a room full of people that with no masks and wearing a mask? What are, what are we getting out of that? Are we virtue signaling? Are we saying that, I think so. that we're the ones that are, we care? I care more than you do. You know, how yeah. much of that, how much of it is bullshit? Well, I will, I don't want to go back political. No, I would have to be politics since you personal choice. No, but I'm just going to say when a president wears a fucking mask on a Zoom call. You are going political. Like that's, there's no point. You're in a fucking Zoom call in a room with fully vaccinated people and you're double vaccinated. Don't wear, why are you wearing a mask? Because you're, you're virtue signaling because you're wearing a thing. So I will say like in that instance, there's a part of me that. I don't want to wear the mask. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I'm vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, and I, I will wear the mask if the store says wear a mask, even if everyone else isn't. Yep. But I would feel weird, and maybe this is just a self-conscious thing, if there was a sign on the door that said wear a mask, and no one's in there wearing a mask, and I wear the mask. Yeah. Exactly. If... The sign is there, and obviously they don't. It's like it's just for show. Then you go in and you're following the rules, but it's quite obvious that no one else gives yeah. a fuck about the rules. So I, what I, when I say I feel weird, I'm I'm saying I actually follow the rules, right? But I know. I, f- I feel stupid following the rules. Yeah. Well, that's and honestly, because it's it's an ignorant rule at that point. Yeah. It, it, it's a it's a it's a non-starter. Does it doesn't make zero sense? What's the point of of exist of the rule existing 
if, if nobody's going to do it. Okay. So it's like, um, well, and it, it, you could argue the points of the rule if it's non-beneficial too. Well, th- that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. If it's, if what I'm trying to say, yeah, is that if the rule makes sense and, and it's like your moral position that it makes sense and you're going to stand by that rule because this is where you stand, then do the thing, you know? And then if you feel strange, well, you're do, you know why you're doing it. So you can stand on that at least. But f- what I'm saying for me sometimes is that when I get into that situation and let's say there's a sign on the door that says masks, but nobody's wearing a mask, nobody. And I'm the only one wearing a mask. It, and, I, and I personally believe that at that moment in time, it makes zero fucking sense. I'm doing something just for the sake of like, because I'm being told to by a sign, but it's, there's, there's zero benefit to it. Mm-hmm. Like if the, if there's a zero sum benefit, then there's no point in doing it. And then it's like, fuck it. I'm just going to take it off because it's an inconvenience to me. It's like, if it's stuck behind my ears and it's, it's a one that I found in the pocket of my truck that's been in there for three weeks and it's dusty and dirty and shit. And there's zero sum benefit to me of wearing it other than the fact that I'm supposed to, then I'm, I'm not going to wear it. Sure. You know, it's, um, but if I go into a restaurant and there's a sign on the door and all of the wait staff are wearing masks and the owners are wearing masks and everybody's wearing a mask to and from their tables because that's what they feel like needs to happen and everybody's doing the same thing. I know it sounds like a sheeple, I get it, but it's like out of common courtesy for everybody else in the room, even though I'm double vaccinated, even though my wife's double vaccinated and I don't feel like I'm really saving anybody's life with this mask, I'll wear it, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, it's a unity kind of thing, Yeah, you know? And I think to your point with, real quick, I was thinking about what you said about a president, president or not, I believe that if you're in a leadership role and you're sending a message out to the world that says, we believe in this, and, and it's like, I'm still in a room full of people that are fully vaccinated, but I want to share with the world of what I believe in that I'm going to model that as much as I can. Because to the flip side of what you said, if he wasn't wearing it, people would pick him apart for not wearing it because he's in a room full of media and, and he's sending out a mask mandate that everybody should be wearing masks. I think the people that will pick him apart would be the, I don't think either side. I think, I think, I think any, a leadership role is a tricky place to be in. I think when you're on a Zoom call full of world leaders and you're literally behind a computer screen. Were there other people in the room or just him? I would imagine there's handlers there, people who like work the computer. But I'm assuming if you're the president of the United States, I'm assuming that A, you're tested. Not only vaccinated and tested but you're probably tested daily and i would imagine everyone you come in contact with especially being the age that joe biden is is tested before you come in contact with them and i just think it's it's all virtue signaling um but okay on the flip side of your flip side if if i'm trying to promote returning to normal and want to encourage you getting vaccinated like uh how can I say, oh, getting vaccinated will help you return to normal, but we're still not going to get there. We're still going to need you to wear these things and these masks and it's still not safe to do this. And 
Um, yeah, that's tough. Like, I think there's just so many. It's inconsistent, the message. Oh, we want you to get vaccinated, get back to normal, but it's not safe to be back to normal, even if you're vaccinated. And so there's no win here. So why? Why is it not safe to be back to normal? So I think that's the question I think more often than not that we need to ask that people don't ask. And, and a lot of people making the rules don't want you to ask why. They just want you to do what they want you to do, mm-hmm. you know. And so why can't we get back to normal? Why can't the vaccines do this? It's like, well, because sometimes on a rare chance, you could still get infected after you've been vaccinated. Well, the vaccines are failed then. What's the point of taking a vaccine if you can still get infected? Even if it's the smallest chance in the world, we're going to jump on that. Th- I don't need to get vaccinated then because it doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, but... If everybody's vaccinated, then we're going to get back to normal. Fuck you. We're not getting back to normal because we're still going to have to mask because you said so. And and so I th- I think it's like there's it's all goes back to the why. Why are they saying what they're saying? Why are the rules there? You know, it's like I know why. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. Well, it get down to the to the real reason it's there, and I think that's where. The people on the far left and far right, they're the ones that are always asking why, mm-hmm. right? But they just, but their ideas are so l- loud and, and so biased in one way that, like, they're, they've got an agenda with their why. So yeah. they've got a why with the why. Yeah, I you think know? In, in this specific case, the longer this goes on, the easier it is to pass things that have nothing to do with a pandemic in order to get change done because pandemic gives the opportunity for change. But uh, I, okay. The, yes. the store question. So I went to get coffee this morning and sign on the door, wear a mask. Yes. You look, glance inside. There's maybe, you know, let's say there's 10 people inside cashier is wearing a mask in accordance with the sign, there's maybe three people out of the 10 in line who have masks and maybe seven that don't. Mm. So it's kind of a split bag. Yep. I wore a mask. Yeah. Well, there's a sign. The, the, employees, the employees are wearing masks. It, right. So they're saying this is important to us. You know, who wants to be, as an employee making $12 an hour at a gas station, who's going to be the mask police? Right. Right. Where, who the fuck wants to do that job? You know, it's a shitty job and you're, and, and like maybe the employee doesn't even believe it, but oh, they've right. got to wear a mask. Right. right? So yes, I'm going to be in solidarity with the people that are running the facility. Cause I want to like, okay, you're asking me to do this. I, I get it. So I'll do it. You know, it's, um, it's when the employees aren't masked. Mm-hmm. It's when other oh, people yeah, aren't yeah, masked. Yeah. yeah. But no, it is. It's, and I think we're getting there. So I guess I started this whole thing with we're slowly we're slowly coming out of this this feeling of of like uneasiness. Mm-hmm. We're 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 getting a little more um uh feeling like we can go back to whatever we want to call normal is. Um in a sense that and it's so going back to normal is also a little tricky because I think that a lot of people say going back to normal, but I think what they mean is 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 like just being able to operate more freely. Yeah, you know, yeah. being able to live more freely, and make decisions without worrying about the virus. You know, 
normal doesn't always mean like going back to an 80 hour work week. It means, it means not stressing about the virus, not stressing about, um, the vaccines, not stressing about people getting, you know, restaurants aren't open, Mm -hmm. parks aren't open. Those kind of things I think is the normal that they're talking about. I, and, and I think that there's a, there's a, there's a definition needed. What does that mean? Right. You know, because when I think normal, I would think no masks are needed. Right. But, but does that always, so there's the thing right now, the buzz getting back to normal. Right. But everybody's like, well, you don't, why get back to normal? You know, we're, we've, we finally have this opportunity in our lives to think about things on a bigger scale and think about ourselves and like, am I living the life I want to live? So, so why do you want to get back to normal? So what does normal mean? I think that's important. You know, I think it, it, there's an opportunity for people to say, no, don't go back to normal because normal wasn't really working, you know, but it's like, okay, so before we can say what that is, it's like, what does normal mean to you? You know, does normal mean just no masks? But at the same time, you're like, I am going to take an opportunity to spend more time with my kids. You oh, know? sure. And I am, I am going to take an opportunity to understand that like every fucking meeting that I used to go to, not all of them were worthwhile. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. so no, I agree with that. Like changes for, um, you know, better home life or dip. You're going to make different decisions, but I think normal to me would be the freedom to make those decisions. So if I want to go eat at my local restaurant, it's open. Right. If I want to, you know, the, the, the options to make the decisions go back to the same. I think that's the thing. Cause those options when they were, like the option to spend more time with my kids was always there right? pre-pandemic or not. Mm-hmm. And so maybe this pandemic changed my mind on how I'm going to address that option right. or what choice I'm going to make, but I still have the option. So there's nothing pre-pandemic saying if I was sick with the flu, I couldn't wear a mask. Right. No, that's a great point. That's a great point. But there wasn't any awareness around it. I don't True. think like nobody had the awareness. No, I'm, like, I'm not saying we don't have better awareness now, but I'm saying at least you had the option. Right. Yeah. And, and like you said, we always had the option to choose or they're going to spend time with their kids. I feel like though, to that point, there was an impetus to, to work the hours, to get the job done, to put more time into, into making more money and, 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 uh, investing more in your future and, and, and like the stuff I want to do right now, I'll, I'll get to that later. I think that that was a kind of a mindset for a lot of people mm-hmm. that like, you know, maybe they didn't even feel like that option did exist. Maybe they didn't feel like they really could. Like, it's like if someone said, hey, can you spare three hours every Saturday morning for the next however many months? No fucking way I can do that. I got right. too much shit to do. And it's like, well, you actually can but you have to choose that over something else, you know? But I think sometimes it doesn't feel like that's a real option for people. Sure. So, so, okay. So a benefit, if you could call it such of a pandemic would be that maybe a different light has been shown on opportunities or choices you have, and you might make a different choice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, do you, you know, you really want to 
put a new patio in the backyard with a fire pit. But you know that it's going to cost $10,000, $15,000. So you know you've done the calculations. It's going to take an extra six hours of work a week for so many weeks of overtime for me to get that money to build this patio, right? So you, I keep saying you, there's an opportunity there where it's like, okay, maybe you're going to double think, do I need to spend $15,000 on a patio or am I going to, what am I going to miss in my kid's life? What am I going to miss in my parents' life? Am I going to take that extra six hours a week and go visit my mom or my grandmother or am I going to take my kid fishing? Are we going to get more life out of our time as opposed to giving it to the bank? You know, like focusing on putting it in the bank because I think we always have, I always have this dream. It's not what I want to say. There's a dream of when you create the space, then life's going to be better. You know, when, when, uh, when the, the patio's done, then we're really going to live it up on the patio. How many times does it happen that a person puts in all the extra hours and all the extra time to pay for the patio, but they also get used to the extra hours and the extra time and the extra money. So they don't ever stop doing that. Sure. And then they, they say, well, we can put that money towards the next thing and the next thing as opposed to getting the patio and then stopping the overtime and taking those extra hours and being on the patio around the fire pit with your family and friends and being like, this is why I did this. I worked really fucking hard. So then I could enjoy this. I think so often it happens that once you get into that routine of the extra, that that it becomes part of the daily life, and and then you kind of like, it's no longer extra. It's just what we do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I got you. So maybe now people are going to be like, I'll just take what I have and put my time into the places that I want to put it into now as opposed to waiting till I have this moment a year from now to put my time into it. Like, is it really going to be better then than it's going to be now? You know, well, this thing I want to do with this money, is it going to create the thing that's going to make it all worthwhile? Or could I get those feelings right now? You know, could I just take the time right now with my family and kids or with my brother who I'd ever talk to or, or whatever, you know? Um, I think that's what people are thinking. Uh, I would argue, yeah, maybe right now. But I think as creatures of a society, we often fall back to what's easy. And I think it'll be short-lived. Like, I don't think the mentality in two years from now will be the same. I think people will go back to their ways and maybe I focus, there's a heightened awareness of the shortness of life and the randomness of death and that it could happen any moment. Right. And I think that's going to be short lived. And I think as soon as the focus isn't on it anymore, people focus on something else and back to normalcy it goes. Yeah. We're, we're, um, we're definitely short attention span society. And I think, uh, no, I think there may be, there'll be cases where that's not the case, right? If you lost someone, if that had directly affected you, then maybe not. Even if he didn't though, 
even if you didn't lose somebody, I think there's going to be a percentage of people I, that I, roll with it. And I think that's what, yeah, yeah I, I don't I, mean to interrupt. I, no, I did you're interrupt, fine. Yeah. I'm saying there's certainly going to be people who would, yeah. who do follow that, but I'm saying as a majority, I don't think so. Just like there's going to be people who lost their fucking job, who suddenly started saving money. And maybe this is the first time that they have $5,000 in their bank account. Well, you can bet your ass they're never going to have less than $5,000 in their bank account. Right. So if they get laid off for four months, yeah. you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. And I think that happens on a much smaller scale yeah. to people right now. It's like Uncle Frank died when he was 52. He was waiting on retirement to, to live his life out. And then one person out of the 150 people at Uncle Frank's funeral is going to be like, fuck this. I'm never going to be Uncle Frank. Yeah. I don't want to die not living. So they they shuck everything that's holding them down and they go off and they do their thing. And they, and it's like, that's where everybody's at on a global scale. Everybody's Uncle Fuck it. Everybody's Uncle Frank died. And, and, and everybody's reevaluating, am I living the life I want to live? Because it's affected the way we live globally, mm -hmm. you know? So there's a certain percentage. I'm sure there's a, you could fucking track it with math. That is probably a very easy <laughs> to, with math. E easy number. That's like how many people actually change yeah, in a situation yeah. like this. You could, you could start as little as a funeral and, or, and you could go all the way to a pandemic. It's like how many people, statistically change their lives completely based on the experience they had, you know? So there's going to be this big movement and it's already started of everybody wanting to change their lives and it, but it's on a global scale. So it seems massive, but I agree with you a hundred percent that we're going to ride a wave that's going to peter out for 90% of people. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not 90, but I, I don't want it to be 90, so I say maybe not 90, but it's probably going to be 90, where 10% of people are really going to fucking change. And they're going to say, I'm going to take stock in everything, and I'm going to make make every moment count, where the 90% of the people will slowly get back into, because society and our economy, and, and it wants us to go back to the normal. It wants us to put in the big hour work weeks. It wants us to continue to create and expand and grow and make more money and more innovation and more powerful tools. And it, our economy, our, our society wants that, mm -hmm. you know? So if, if all of a sudden it got flipped on its head, how's it going to work? What does a whole new society look like? There's not enough people that are willing to take the risk of finding a whole new society to actually do it. Oh no. It's going to be so uncomfortable. So, so the people that, will fall back into what they want is the normal. Then they're just going to hold it to the status quo and it's going to go back. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. I think that's going to, I think it's going to definitely happen. I just don't know how long it's going to take. Yeah. Me either. Unfortunately. Uh, you don't have your crystal ball over there. No, I just think it's going to happen sooner than later. Yeah. I, I give it, I give it when, when this is over and by when I say over, let's just say, all everything or the majority of things are open and masks are at discretion. Mm -hmm. Like if if you get to that point where people can resume what would be a normal choice life, right? They have all the options they had before, minus anything that closed, obviously. And, right. But you get to make your own choices. No one's telling you what to do anymore. Then I give it a year after that. 
Okay. So. On a majority society level. Yeah. So in my, in my mind, I'm trying to create um, this good vibe. No, I'm, trying, I'm not trying to harsh no, on vibes. No, you're, you're not. I'm, what I'm saying is like we've been in this kind of this little zone and we're getting a little quieter and it's a little more serious. And I'm trying to think, okay, so where's the good vibe section of this? Where's, <laughs> where's, the, where's the moment of this where we start to – where we start to take this conversation and we and we bring it into the good vibe section where it's like, okay, so where's our positive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's so our here, positive let's, energy? So let's, that 10% of people, there's going to be some fucking cool shit that we never could have ever dreamed of. They're going to come out of this because 10% of people are free. Their mind is free. Their body is free. They're going to say, fuck it, and I'm going to leave myself open to whatever amazing shit can come into my life. Any wild, crazy-ass dream I've ever had in my life, I'm going to pursue it. Some amazing stuff. Beautiful art, beautiful music, innovation, like love and peace and prosperity is going to come to, to, to our world's going to benefit from this. You know, like we talked about with Lacey, we're, it's going to break. Mm -hmm. We broke. Our world broke. And some really crazy good shit's going to come out of it. You know, so, so like what is that going to be? Is it going to be peace and prosperity? Is it going to be more love and kindness? Or is it going to be, you know, is it going to be more uh, a healthy society? Maybe people are going to pay more attention to their, to their personal health and their family's health. Maybe we're all just going to be fucking walking around healthy as shit. That'd be awesome. Drinking juice drinks and, and you know, feeling great about ourselves all the fucking time. You know, that like we talked about that one episode on fuck it was. But one of the, the biggest comorbidity factor of COVID was obesity. Yeah. So yeah. are we going to flip that on its head? You know, are we going to say, no, we're going to be fucking healthy. We're going to be happy. We're going to take care of our people. We're going to make this as a national priority that we teach our kids through school and we teach our people through uh, healthcare systems. And we go back to a preventative maintenance living. You know, how many people pre have live preventative health? Like we do things ahead of time so we don't get sick. You know, how many people live that way? Or do we just wait till we get sick and we go to the doctor and we get fixed? Yeah, you know? Yeah. I would like to see that change to that a more be preventative. Fucking awesome. How I'd like I'd like to go into a store and not be bombarded by seven aisles of shit. Junk food, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um I would like to see I don't know, like legit non-chemicalized health options. I'd like to see less fucking promotion of pharmaceuticals. Yeah. To fix us for being unhealthy. Yeah. You know, if 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 we if we lived in this in a world where the pharmacies didn't take over the airways to tell us how to feel better because we treat our bodies like shit and instead what took over the airways was like treat your bodies well. And you won't have to do this pharmacy bullshit, mm -hmm. you know? How incredible would that be? I mean, every single day we get positive reinforcement about, like, taking care of ourselves and, and being healthy in, in school and in, in our, like, in our workforce. It's like we have – so how many employers pay for insurance for their employees, yeah. right? But it's like how many employers also promote healthy habits with their employees, right. you know? Right. It's like – 
you have to pay $10,000 a year for, for insurance because you're going to get sick and something's going to happen and, and you need to be taken care of. But how many of them are like, well, you're going to pay $5,000 a year for that. And then another $5,000 a year is going to get contributed to, to daily health habits, daily healthy habits that we're going to help you promote every single day because we want you to show up to fucking work. Right. You know, we want your kids to be healthy so you don't have to stay home. We don't, we want you to be healthy so you don't have to stay home. And if you get hurt or you get healthy or you have a heart attack and we lose you for years, that hurts everybody. Yeah. You know, and you're not in a mountain of debt. What if on every soda can and candy bar there was, this has this much sugar just right on the front label and, this much sugar one time a day for a year will add 40 pounds of weight to your body. Mm-hmm. Like what if there is some transparency in products? Well, see, that's the thing. There's always a loophole, right? Because there's so much money in, yeah, I know there is. In, in the, I'm in, just, this is, this is utopia dream, yeah, right? Okay. Yeah. So like what if, what if they, I don't think they would exist that way? I don't either. But what if, you know, essentially you took all this shit and you cigaretted it, cigaretted, cigaretted it, you know, I'll, what if, <laughs> Look what they did to cigarettes because everyone knew it. Everyone knew it. Yeah. Name me one person that says, oh, fuck, yeah, Mountain Dew, 46 grams of sugar per can. That shit, that shit flows my blood, baby. I think there's a lot of people that think that way. I don't. On an honest level, no, they don't. On a, Maybe not. A, I, I'm not if, saying if people were, aren't dependent on yeah. it. Yeah. I'm not saying people don't love it. I'm saying on an if honest really health level. really honest health level, yeah. No different than cigarettes. People need cigarettes. Mm-hmm. They're addicted to that shit. You know what you got to do? But there's an honest level at this point because there's a conscious effort for it that cigarette marketing is, isn't is existent and people know what cigarettes do. So the only place you can buy the shitty food is like when you used to go to the video store and you wanted to go in the adult section. Oh, yeah, put behind the curtain. You got you to have the beads in the curtain <laughs> and the big sign over the top and then everybody sees you go in. It's like, Oh, Kyle just went in the adult section. Yeah. He's going to go treat his body bad. You know, and it's like, make it a stigma in society that you're going to put shit in your face. And it's like, and everybody knows, because it's like, it's it's social accountability. Yeah. It's like, you don't want to look like the guy who who's going to treat his body like shit when everybody, you know, it's like. There, there yeah. should be a nonprofit out there. Like, you scan your receipt, and then it percentages up the health value of what you bought Ooh. and then you get like a refund of i don't know two percent or three percent based on the health value of what you just bought was. what if you what if what if you scanned your receipt and then you got health points yeah and it, and after so many points you could exchange those points for for something yeah. you could exchange it for um yeah it could be a monetary thing it could be a physical thing it could be uh a overnight stay at some yeah. vacation spot or something i mean everything has a upc code just assign a health value to it and then dude that would be fucking amazing hey, you heard that first this was recorded on <laughs> may 2nd may 2nd 1229 1229 so it's actually 1229 though once that happens you can thank me i'll take my royalties oh fuck yeah man that that's would not be, a bad idea that'd be incredible but so, you have to incentivize you have to you have to be transparent okay, so about the consequences. How are you going to fight the naysayers? Because it, it's like, okay, Then don't so, do it. Don't scan your fucking receipt. There's your naysay. Well, okay, so like uh, uh, in China, they have a, a point system, a social, a social value system, where if you do something that's not good for you or like they've got, peop- they've got people and cameras and shit watching everybody, right? So if you, let's say you run a red light 
you lose points. And your points add up to your social score. So if your social score, say, is below 600, kind of like our credit score is here, it's a called, it's a, instead of a financial credit, it's a social credit. And you're not going to get hired because you're less than a 600. And, and someone who's an 800 isn't going to date you because you're less than a 600. So to avoid no, the social score, insane. it's fucking insane. It's absolutely insane. So what I'm saying is like, how do you, how do you combat the people that are going to call it? Cause it's a, people are, someone's going to well, come you, after it. You like, don't, you don't, um, demonize. If you don't participate, then you, that's your own choice. Yeah. But I think if you, if you're transparent again about your marketing standpoint or you take out the marketing again, mm-hmm. cigarettes, if someone smokes cigarettes, like I'm not, I'm not demonizing you for smoking. Like it's gross in my mind. Mm-hmm but I don't think less of you because you smoke. Well, I, I take that back. Maybe people do judge on smokers. They do. But if, so if you incentivize the healthiness, let's say you scan a receipt, some company comes up and they're like, oh, you scan your seat and you get your health points based on your seat and you get incentives. Like there's nothing saying you, you have to do that. So there's no negative repercussions. If you go buy Mountain Dew and Twinkies and that's your receipt and you like, I'm not telling you to scan it. There's no negative consequences to not scanning it. You still bought your Twinkies and your Mountain Dew. Right. It's, um, there's always going to be victims, but you're right because there's, there's like a, a personal choice yeah. in the matter. Everybody can do it if they want to. Yeah. I'm not so, telling you you have to, you're not, you're just not going to reap any of the benefits to doing it, but that's your own choice. Yeah. So who would run the program? That's what I'm saying. It's got to be some like nonprofit or some like it can't be a fe- I feel can't be a government no. run program because that's another that's another problematic piece to it if it's run by the government first people aren't going to trust it and rightfully slow so because the government's going to be tracking all the shit that yep. you e- eat and drink and yep. they're going to be like and it can't be run by like PepsiCo or no. some major brand because then they're going to assign more health points and they're going to gonna sell your data shit well that too but. They're gonna they're gonna assign more health points to their products so people are incentivized to buy their right. products. Like there's already you can scan your Pepsi cap and you can already get points through Pepsi. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. But so it's gotta be it's gotta be transparent, it's gotta be non affiliated with anything. And they and you it's gotta be secure, you're not gonna yep. sell data. Yep. That's gotta be huge and like for people to trust it to say I'm no, scanning I, my receipt. Oh, I dis I don't know if you scan just like a receipt, like the credit card number, if you play with credit card is always like X'd out except for the last four, not the credit card number, just the barcode that says exactly what you purchased. When I go to Menards, people don't give a shit about that. So what I'm saying though, is like somewhere, somebody's going to find a way to monetize that information. I agree. So you have to be ironclad that 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 information is not going to turn into monetization, but Someone's going to say, how the fuck are you going to pay for the social yeah. points that you get? Whatever. How are you going to pay for those points and, the, and reap the benefits if you don't monetize it? I, f- I, I don't think on a, I think there are people who are going to be like, don't sell what I bought. Don't sell that data. But at the same time, there's the majority of people I don't think care. Look at Facebook. Yeah. How many users does Facebook have? You do realize Facebook sells the fuck out of your information. Everything. Everything you, everything everything. you put in there. Yeah. It's totally sold. You're bought and sold and every single people day. People keep signing up for that shit. Yep. Oh, I keep I keep scrolling through my feed. You ever walk through a fucking shopping mall and there's a four-wheeler that you can win? Yeah, right. 
send my email in there because you so know i don't think i don't know yeah. if people care that much about the data thing but i do feel like it has to be totally non-affiliated with any a, major corporations right. or the government yeah 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 okay we got a plan we do have a plan all right we need to make an app have you seen the show um black mirror i've heard of it actually so it, i've seen a couple episodes it's like it's a really modern day twilight up. zone yeah. essentially right? yeah there was one episode and i haven't watched this in years but I want to say like that social point thing you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I think that was an episode on Black Mirror where like it was all through their phone and or they were like Sims or something like that. Okay. Like and it was over your head. And it was over your head and you anything you do was like being watched and tracked and like you'd get different scores or you had to use your phone mm-hmm. X amount of times to build this score and it was really fucked up. It's a and it exists. Yeah. That's the thing, is that it fucking exists. It separates people by if you're good or not. If you don't, if you stop at the stop sign, if like if you pay your bills on time, if like all of that information is tracked over there. And like they're using, okay, we're getting close and I don't want to end on a, on a, on a fucking sour note. No, you're good. So we'll change it really quick. Okay, afterwards. you're gonna have to. They're using facial recognition technology that we, as the United States, help them develop to pinpoint specific sex of society, SECTS. Yeah. To single them out, Muslims in particular, because they want to eliminate those people from the society they're calling it genocide yeah it sounds like it but china's denying it but they're calling it genocide so um so like they're uh they find them and then they're just walking around town doing their thing they go home three hours later knock 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 someone knocks on the door hey you need to come with us they're sending them to concentration camps and they're calling them uh, reform camps because they because their religion doesn't match with the what the main religion of China is supposed to be, what the Chinese Communist Party is supposed to be. Um, this was all in this podcast I was listening to. Some people are like, they say, "Well, you, you have a doctor's visit. You have to go to your doctor's visit, and they'll put them under, and they'll come out like women will come out with a hysterectomy, sterilization." That sounds an awful lot like. Something around World War Two. Yeah, and that's that's that communist dictatorship. The way it's ran, it's fucking scary. You know. Okay, doesn't it speak volumes that that's not? In a society like ours, we have millions of publications. Why isn't that touted everywhere, so that people know what the fuck's going on? Because it doesn't make. No, it's, it would cost us a shit ton of money to fix it. Well, and because China is so fucking powerful. So here's the thing. When the NBA spoke out against what was going on in Hong Kong, China shut it down. Mm-hmm. They said, you need to retract that now or we're going we're gonna to pull all the billions of dollars we put into the NBA. Because NBA is huge in China. There's so much money involved. So if they say something, China wields a tremendous amount of power over the things that our corporations say and don't say. And as fucked as it is, as free as we are, we're not all that free. That's 
so fucked up. And so, yeah, it's if our major media corporations started saying that, first they'd be labeled as racists. Then then they would get demonetized from any Chinese affiliates whatsoever. And then uh like um what was it? It was H&M, I think was a clothing company. They asked the like cuz they were getting all their cotton from China and they they put it out there like, "Hey, is this cotton like it's not by slave labor, is it? China shut down H&M in all of China. Yeah. Today. There you go, everyone. Wool pulled over your eyes from dollar-based companies. So don't chase the damn money. Don't well, chase the money because the money's not the, where it's at. No, and I think just open up your eyes and your ears and don't. Ask questions. Ask questions because there's a good chance that the people telling you the answers are getting paid by someone who doesn't want them to say certain things. Yeah, I think that that's happens bizarre, a lot. dude. And the fact that that's the first time he- I'm hearing of it. I mean, I'm not that connected news wise, mm-hmm. but that's insane. It's fucking Literally. insane. We fought a war over something like this. Yeah, we why, fought many wars over shit like this. Why, yeah, why? Why is this not top yeah. news addressed by everyone and anyone? Exactly. So, exactly. Weird. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't think that's a sour note. I mean, that's a fucked up note. It's a fucked up note and and it's um here's the thing, we can do better. We can be better humans. We can be better uh we can self um we can we can be more self-aware and we can be more aware of our environment and our surroundings and what we're being told if we just give it take the time to really understand what what we're doing yeah. every single day. Yeah. We have this opportunity. The world fucking broke with coronavirus. Take the blinders off. We have opportunity now. Ask more questions and be more aware. Take better care of your bodies. Love your mama. Hug everybody you know because (laughs) they got vaccinated. Like Live the life we want to live. It doesn't mean that we have to stop everything. It's just put it into perspective. Like where, Where are we putting our time and energy? Where are we putting our money? Yeah. You know? We work fucking hard for the money we make. Where do we buy them with it? Where are we putting it? Are we putting it in something of value? Does it mean something to us? These are all these questions that we can ask ourselves now, and then we should be asking ourselves now, because, because it's like, what better time when it's a spotlight on how we, how we live our lives? I like you know? it, man. I like there's, it. There's your life motivation by Ike on this week. <laughs> so... All right, brother. Well, hey, I appreciate you hanging out late today. Yeah, man. It's been appreciate a good sesh. Too. Hope everyone enjoyed it. Here you go, Dad. Two hours. Don't bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so. All, All right, right, man. Right. Much love, everyone. Have a good one. We'll talk to you later. Peace, y'all. Bye.